What's happening, you delicious human people out there? I hope you are doing well. Welcome to the First Step Theology Podcast, where we discuss our glorious God so that we all might love and enjoy Him in a greater way. This is a resource of Gospel Life Church Adelaide, but if you found this and are from elsewhere, then you are more than welcome. We are so glad that you're here, and we hope this is edifying and encouraging and Christ-exalting um, today. I'm here with Luke. Hey, mate. That was long. Long intro? This <laughs> take forever. Trim it along. Come on, mate. <laughs> just keep coming out shooting shots this morning, are you? Got this is on behalf of your mum. <laughs> True. All right, I'll trim down my intro next time. No, it's good. It's fine. Whatever. I just was just keen to talk. Anyway, keep going. what are you going to say again? You some... Well, go talk. If you're, if you're keen to talk, let me have it. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, mate? Well, um, Joel, mm. what have you been reading, man? I feel like we actually haven't had a good conversation about the books you're reading. Mm. What's your jam? I have just finished uh, Spiritual Gifts by Sam Storms. Oh, yeah? For the second time through because <laughs> I was listening to it. Yeah, good. Uh, audio audibling that thing, mm-hmm. uh, which was really interesting. But then also I've just started The Imperfect Pastor. Who's that imperfect? Oh, that's um Zach Iswin. Yes. Yes. Uh, which is so far so beautiful. So far so beautiful. As the saying goes. <laughs> I think that is the saying. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Oh, nice. That's weird because I'd say you're the perfect pastor. Uh, zing. Um, well, um, I have, I'm in the middle of reading a really, really good book at the moment. Mm-hmm. Called the rise and the triumph of the modern self. I actually have to. I always forget the name, so I'm actually reading, <laughs> reading it yeah. by Carl Truman. It's really good. It's kind of like yeah. talking about how we've got to this position mm. where um, sexuality and um, the sexual revolution has now come to this point where you have no choice but to accept it. Whereas you, you can't, you know, like in the past you were, you could tolerate it. Mm. Now because of where we've got like philosophically and as a society, um, you have no choice but to accept it. And it's just talking about how, how modern thought has got to that position. Sure. Really interesting. Is that relating to uh, gender as well as the yeah. sexualization of culture yep. in pornography and all that sort of gear as well or primarily around gender? Uh, mainly around gender and how we now identify ourselves sure. by our sexuality. Ah, okay, I see. Yeah. yeah, so everything ties into that. There yeah, you pornography, go. Pornography, mm. transgenderism, all that good stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Good, uh, important for this uh, time. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, we're hoping mm. this year, we'll mm. see how we go, mm. but we're going to do a series on gender, right? Yeah, we will. Actually, yeah, we will. Mm. So yeah. this is all prep for that. Yeah, good. Um, this little conversation just made me think. Yeah. If you were to um, like pie chart yes. the money that you spend on yourself, so not like your family budget, yeah, but yeah. the money that you spend on uh, numero uno. Yes. How, what portion of that yes. is A, yeah. twirls, yeah. <laughs> and B, yeah. books? Yeah. So, like, if it was per like <laughs> per capita, twelves would be like. The what do you mean per amount. capita? Was well, in like Aren't you one? Isn't it I, one capita? Like to buy a twelve is a dollar. Yeah, I don't. Well, per capita is probably the wrong. I don't know. I don't know maths. <laughs> no economics or me. maths. Yeah, or, or accounting. But like twelve is a dollar, whereas a book's like between fifteen and twenty. Oh, mate, 
low level books maybe <laughs> well you know the books i get you know i'm buying them right. second hand because uh-huh. i'm trying to care for the environment yeah sure 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 uh, <laughs> no not really no. but um it's 100 percent books like if i were to go like 100 percent. so uh, did i break down your whole pie chart it's twelves and books it's 12 is there and anything books. else you'd buy clothes or no, i don't buy clothes well as in like birthday no. presents yeah yeah i bank on birthday presents yeah. i'll buy clothes like maybe once every <laughs> two or three you know i bank on like. easter being socks and jocks <laughs> like legitimately yes. when I don't get socks and jocks faced I'm like well there's a whole nother year of holy joel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember one year my parents went to um uh, Hawaii or something like that and they were like oh we want to buy you a gift while we're over there and I'm like honestly I just want socks get some good socks and some- so Good socks are like good socks yeah like a good pair of like sports socks you can wear them for everything totally yeah anyway I got about 20. My dad oh, thought it was the good. funniest thing ever just mm. to pack a box full of just socks. Mm. But it's awesome because I'm set. I'm like... Uh, I've never had to I'm buy like, socks again. Exactly right. I haven't bought socks for like four years. That's brilliant. It's amazing. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I will I will go without clothes for mm. a good book. My, And the problem is, is the more books you buy, the more books you want because you're like, you read and they're like, they refer, they refer to, to others. check yeah. out this guy and you're like, oh yeah, I want to get that. You know, mm. like, well, speaking of recommending books, hey? Yes. So, uh, hey, if you would like a good book, why don't you head over to reformers.com.au who are our, our good friends who uh, I feel like we uh, support financially in a real way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but they have a discount voucher for you and you can get 15% off everything that's not on sale if you use the code First Step, capital F, capital S and no space. Um, and you can go get all those books that we mentioned, hey? That's right. Make us feel better mm. with our addiction. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> by, by joining us. By levelling the playing more field. More people in the room with the addiction, <laughs> the better we all feel. <laughs> it's a worthy thing. It is a worthy thing. Pick up a good book. You yeah, just be a reader. Be a reader. Leaders yeah. are readers. <laughs> there you go. All right, speaking of thinkers and leaders and readers, yep. um, our good mate Noah... Big Hosk has out. sent us a message and he's got a question for us that I'm going to throw to you and you're going to answer as succinctly and clearly as you possibly can. Good Great. Luke, sir. Yes, sir. He says, how do I reconcile or reconcile, depending on which one you emphasize? Definitely reconcile. How do you reconcile the providence of God with his love? Great question. Huge question. So mm. we'll just answer it shortly and succinctly. Firstly, let's define providence. Mm. So providence is the wise act of a holy God to rule, preserve, and care for his creation. Mm-hmm. So that is that because the God we serve is all-powerful, all-knowing, he is all the omnis you know, that we talk about, yep. it is then how this God relates to his creation. So yep. how he relates to that creation is by ruling over it, but not just as a sovereign king who's far off. Yeah, That's deism, mm. but as a, as a, as a, a king who is highly involved in everything. So yeah, sure. like scripture talks about the fact that um, every breath we take is a gift from him. Scripture mm. talks about the fact that the um, that um, uh, in Psalms it talks about like hail and, and the sun rising and all those things are under the hand of God. God is directing those things. So, mm. so God uh, does that. It also talks about the fact that God preserves his creation. Jesus talks about that, that, you know, like the lilies are clothed by God mm. and he aligns that with humans going, well, won't God care for you? Like, uh, you know, assigning more value to uh, humanity. So 
I would say mm. the whole doctrine of providence, all that it is, yep. um, actually points to a loving God. How so? Because he loves and he cares so much to not just create and then move on, but to create and take part. Yeah, sure. And so um, it reveals that his nature is one that is wanting to care for. In fact, um, Paul pulls on this idea when he when he's talking about the providence of God uh, in in Romans eight, um, and when he says Romans eight twenty, it says, "And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purposes." And so uh, Paul actually pulls upon the providence of God. Mm. Um, to get, bring comfort to the Romans saying, well, God had good plans for you from the beginning. Yeah. He has good plans for you now mm. and he's got good plans for you for the yeah, future. Totally. If God isn't providentially caring, yep. then we can't trust Romans 8. That's there, right. right? Like, yep. Yeah. God cannot work all things for good unless he is working all things. That's right. Or ruling all things and governing all things. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there is... Obviously, in amongst providence, there's a fair bit of questioning around How's that work? how does that work, yep. what's his responsibility to sin, mm. all of those things. But what we can put our trust in yep. is that if God's word is true, mm. which it is, mm. and it says that he is a good God, yep. that means that his providential plans are good. And specifically, if you are in Christ today, uh, his intentions are loving towards you. And so that means that when... Things providentially go bad in your life, mm. as in what you see looks like it's hectic and falling apart. You know that God is lovingly using that for his purposes. And I think that gives you confidence and courage and peace knowing that he is actually in control, not just calls out, you know, like yeah, yeah, chance, yeah. chance, you know, destiny. Yeah. Destiny. Fate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Brilliant. Thank you, brother. Hope that answers your question, the big hosk. Noah. Yeah, thank you, Noah. And uh, shout out to anyone else. If you have questions that you'd like us to address, then, uh, hey, send them in. We would love to hear from you. Mm. And uh, and we'll try to get to them as soon as possible. Yeah, and shout out to their little podcast, eh? What is, what's their podcast? Grainfields Podcast. Check out. Is Noah. it back, is it? Well, I yes. All right, let's say yes. We'll say yes. <laughs> we'll uh, peer pressure them into being back by yeah. saying they're back. So you have to go and get their new podcasts that are out now. Yeah. <laughs> we should do an ad for them. We should. Uh, next week. Next week. All right, today we are... Uh, Hold on a second. Aren't all the ads made by real sponsors though? Like, Yeah, that's what I mean. But we we don't make those ads. Someone else comes in and oh, yeah, does yeah, those yeah. ads. Of course. Yeah. They they send us the ads That's right. along with their financial... Yeah, 100K. I mean, yeah, good man. Um, support. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today we are talking about the means of grace within the church. So we, uh, we've kicked off a, a series on, uh, on the church. What is the church? Last week we talked about church membership yes. and why we should be members of the church. And, and that sort of led us into um, this discussion today, which is all around um, the means of grace that God gives the church. So, so what we're talking about is, in real simple terms, is any acti- activity um, or uh, thing, for example, that, um, that God uses to bless or encourage, or upbuild, teach, convict yep. um, his people. 
yeah. within the church that are specific to the gathered fellowship of the saints. Yep. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's good. Anything to change, add? No. <clears throat> All right, good. Uh, great for coming and listening. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I might just duck out if that's all right. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. I'll just ramble from now on. So uh, what from we're going to do, on. let's just talk about some of these. And uh, some of these are really big topics, right, in, yeah. in and of themselves. And we could do whole podcasts on them and maybe we will. But we're just going to brush through them. And, um, hey, some of these may have you may have not considered to be means by which God blesses his church. Mm-hmm. Um, they may just seem rather ordinary to you, and that's okay. Mm. But um, this is these are things that God positions and the Bible speaks about Big time. as ways in which God blesses you if you're a part of his church. So. Yeah, and I just think this is really important. I think the, part of the reason why we want to bring this up is because within the church, particularly recently, I think it is a modern thing that we've done within the church, is we, we make out... One, the church is this thing you go to on Sunday. Mm. And um, and then what we do is we tie in all of these bad ideas about God in amongst that. And so we think that God's not working in our life. Mm. And we think that God's not blessing his church. And, you know, you're just gathering into a room on a Sunday. And because you're not having those happy, clappy feelings, you're not actually experiencing God. Sure. But what we're saying by pointing these things out is actually mm. these... Grace is just like, it's a gift from God. It's an undeserved gift from God. Totally. So when we're saying a means of grace, it is that the way that God gifts his church on a regular basis. Yeah. So if you are ever questioning whether God is working in your life mm. or whether God cares, mm. take the best place to go is to gather with your church because it is proof that God cares because he's gracing you with brothers and sisters in Christ. He's gracing you with all these things that we'll talk about. Totally. Of his way of blessing you and and saying, I love you, I have chosen you, you're a part of my family. That brings up a good point. How how do I deal with um, maybe the mindset or the lack of experiential good feeling that I may get from coming to church on a Sunday? So, for example, you've just told me yeah. that the best place for me to be if I am struggling Yeah is to be with the gathered people of God. What if in doing so, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like it's dry or I'm not getting anything from the sermon or mm. how do we navigate that I discussion? Reckon, I reckon most of the time it comes back to your own understanding of things. Mm. And most of the time, you know, like there can be other things in there. Like, you know, the church that you could be a part of is not centered around the gospel. So there could be a dryness mm. there because it's like, well, the spirit of God's not focused on here, you know. Like it's, it's blessing n- this, yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not. So that could be an aspect. But let's just put that aside for a second. I think, yeah, yeah. like, if we, you know, like audacious call here. Ninety percent of the time, mm. when you're feeling that way, it's because you have a misunderstanding mm. of what the church truly is. Yeah, or who God is, or who and God, how is. God is using the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I'd say, right. Um, uh, most of the time, our fe- feelings generally follow what we believe. Mm. And so I would, if you're in that position, go and test why are you feeling that way. And then you're, you know, you're feeling like, well, I feel this way because I'm not getting this feeling during worship. Just mm. saying. Mm. Okay, what does that show what you believe? Well, I believe to fully encounter God, I have to have this tingling feeling. <laughs> okay, where does that come from? Yeah. Like, 
where biblically, where has your mind yeah. been shaped to believe that? You know, have like, you come to that conclusion? Yeah. So mm. I, that's how I'd go about it. Would you, what yeah. would you say? No, 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 I'd agree. Generally, it's, uh, it seems to be based upon a wrong idea of what the church is for. Yeah. And, um, or who God is, right? As in, we believe this lie that God isn't near to us unless we feel it. Yep. Or God doesn't care about us unless we're feeling something positive yeah. in relation to that. Peace. Rather than, yeah, not to say that peace is bad or that no. joy is bad or that. Or a, a good sense of God's presence. Yeah, is None bad. of those. Yeah, that's right. Totally. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, what are we building our lives on? The truth of God's word mm. or the truth, in quotations, of our feelings and experience? Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes I just feel like we put unrealistic expectations on your relationship with God. Let's just talk about any other relationship. Like mm. You're married to Tessa, right? Mm. Do you every I time? Am. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, every time <laughs> yeah, till we die, till we die, whether she likes it or <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, oh yeah. So, like, do, every time that you are with her, mm. do you have this tingling feeling of you know, like, oh, gooeyness, and you know, like, oh, I just. Like it's just not. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just not sensical. Like it. Just, yeah, sure. If it's that way, you would have, you would have an ad- adrenal breakdown <laughs> because you just like your body is just like on the Constant juice all the shock. time. Like this is amazing. Like your body's not designed to do that. Yeah. The same way as your relationship with God is like. Sometimes it's just nice being in the same room. Mm. Yeah. Totally. Or just having a good conversation about what they think about life. Like, and that's that's part of these means of grace. So let's get to them. Absolutely. I could have gone so many different ways. <laughs> could have gone many different ways. But well done. So first on the list <laughs> is the uh, teaching of the word. Mm. Number one. Yep. Not not to say that these are ordered in, um, uh, in some sort of hierarchy. They might be, but... Um, first is teaching of the word. Yeah. I, um, this is a, a big one. Um, I was just recently um, uh, in First Peter. Mm. And when uh, Peter is instructing uh, the church, uh, the exiles in the dispersion uh, mm. in Galatia and all mm. Cappadocia and Asia and all that kind of stuff, yeah. he's talking to them about being the church. Yep. And the big thing he pulls them back on is that the word that was given to them and how it's the word that brings life to them. Amen. And then he says in verse 25 of chapter 1 in the book, and, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. Go for it. So Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the teaching of the word is a, a means of grace given to the church. Yeah. Uh, through, through scripture and, and the right preaching of scripture. Yeah. That brings life. Yep. As it talks about here in First Peter. Um, that is constantly... Shaping them, renewing their mind, as Romans twelve talks about. Yeah, um, that sets them free, brings life to them. Yeah, it cuts and it convicts, but it yeah. builds up and it restores. Mm. Totally. Now we we won't go too much into this because we've talked about preaching quite a bit. We love it, but uh, the faithful, and I think that's an important word, faithful teaching of God's word in the church yes. is a means by which God blesses his people. It yes. conforms them to the image of Christ as we sit under biblical teaching. Yep. Now, what that definition that I just said mm-hmm. does not include is what charismatic teaching of God's word does or what well-illustrated teaching of God's word does. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's what faithful 
teaching of God's word does. Now, that doesn't mean that a preacher can be charismatic. No, absolutely. Oh, sorry, can't be. Yeah. Or that we shouldn't try and illustrate our points. Yeah, you want to contextualize things. Certainly. But we often have a proclivity t- to judge the effectiveness of God's word being taught mm-hmm. based on how many laughs the preacher got. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or whatever it may be. Even from our point of view as preachers, how, how well our points flowed. Yes. Or, you know, whatever it may be, how yeah, well constructed yeah. our message was. And this is something we talk about quite a bit, is it's not my goal to preach the most amazing message, message this Sunday. It's my goal to faithfully preach the text that's before me. Yeah, that's Because right. it's the teaching of God's word that changes people's hearts that's right. and minds, not, you know, my ability to transfer some knowledge of wisdom. That's right. Mm. And what you're not saying here is that you don't work hard no, to, no, no. to put together a good... Mm. That's well, not what you're saying. At all. What you are saying is is that sometimes we can focus on the wrong thing. Totally. And yeah. we can go, how yeah, how attentive were they to the, the sweet story that I had and, mm. and, you know, like, were my dynamics right and all that kind of stuff. And that's, it's all important. It's just not the thing. No. The thing is faithful. Some of the greatest public speakers are these preachers who mm. use the text horrifically. Yeah, totally. Unfaithfully. Unfaithfully. And some of the best teachers of God wor- God's word speak monotonously, yep. um, uncharismatically, yep. and have very black and white illustrations. Mm-hmm. But they faithfully teach God's word mm-hmm. and their congregations are benefiting from it. Yeah. Anyway, enough on that. Yeah, faithfulness very important to all of these, I reckon. Mm. So second and third are the sacraments, the two sacraments that our Lord instituted, the first one being baptism mm-hmm. and the, sec- uh, the uh, second one being the Lord's Supper. So two and three on our list are baptism and the Lord's Supper. Do you want to explain each of these? Maybe we'll tie these together. Mm, sure. So uh, we're talking about baptism as a means of grace. This is someone's public confession of Jesus as Savior. And so uh, this is something that brings like joy to a community. It is yeah. because it is, is like the greatest testimony mm. of someone uh, stepping into new life. Amen. Uh, like... Yeah, I'm sure if you've been around church long, you've heard plenty of those stories where um, for people to get baptized mm. means it's the end of their life for some of these people. Mm. But it is a great gift because what they're doing is they're aligning themselves. Yeah. What do you mean by the end of their life? Explain. Oh, yeah. What so uh, what they're doing is they're aligning themselves with the truth of the gospel. Yep. But what that does is when you align yourself with the gospel, you must be exclusive to that. Yeah, totally. And so that that means, you know, for some people like who are in a Hindu religion Mm. or Islamic religion, Mm. they will publicly get baptized like in a river somewhere. Yeah. And what it, um, there will be people watching. Yep. And um, they're now giving up their previous faith. They're giving up their previous family. They're giving Mm. up all those things. Yeah. For that testimony. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's me, me me declaring that I am with Christ in yep. his death and his resurrection, which yes. is what baptism is. Yep. Is by nature declaring that I am not with everything else. Everything else. Yeah. Yeah. 
whether it be for a lot of us in the Western world, it might just be our father, uh, our parents' upbringing, mm-hmm. and that may be an atheistic worldview, that may be an agnostic worldview, it may be a nominal Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very narrow. Yeah. And I, I think that I've been thinking about baptism a lot recently mm. because I think that sometimes we make it a lot of things that it's not. Mm. You know, we can make it into this. It is like it's a sacrament, which is like is really something that is essential for a church to be the church, right? Is to yeah. baptize. In fact, Christ commands us in the Great Commission in Matthew twenty-eight. Yeah, he says, "Go and baptize." Right. So, baptism is so essential, but people make it out to be like these big spiritual moments as well. Mm. And so, therefore, what happens is, is when someone finally goes to get baptized, yeah, they actually don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, like I true. witnessed a, a service recently where people were getting baptized and they'll ask, Oh, what does baptism mean to you? Sure. And the person will respond, Oh, just um everything. <laughs> you know, like what what did what did any of that mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, like baptism means to you the exact same thing as what it means to the person next to you. Yeah. You know, like Yeah, it's our joining with Christ. It's yeah. a public declaration. It's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very true. Maybe we should do a whole episode on baptism and the Lord's Supper. All right, let's skim over them for now then. Yeah, yeah. So if baptism, maybe finish with this, baptism is a public declaration of of one's joining with Christ. Yeah, and and their initial joining. So it's like the entry point. Yeah, so then the Lord's Supper is their continuing declaration of their remaining with Christ. That's right. Faith in Christ. Can I just say on baptism, by us saying it's the initial thing, it's not saying that you get salvation by a baptism. No. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, as, as as just the same as we would say with all these other things we're talking about. That's right. Salvation is only yeah. the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, drawing our affections to Christ through the gospel in repentance and faith through the good news. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Lord's Supper is. Yes. It, and, and so both of these things are joyful occasions. Yeah. Right. What, it was so beautiful. We we did baptisms recently, and. Uh, and just to have the church around as three yeah. people were getting baptized and and uh, to see the joy on people's faces. Now, some of them knew the people getting baptized quite personally and mm. others didn't, other than the fact we're part of the same body, the same yeah. church. And it was, there's people in tears and, and all sorts and it, because it's such a joyful occasion. I'm getting goosebumps right yeah, now. Singing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sing. <laughs> Um, to celebrate that. Yeah. And I think we have to have that same joy every time we take the Lord's Supper. Mm. So so baptism is the initial. Mm. The Lord's Supper is shapa, is the continuation yep. of that communion yep. that we have with the Father. Brilliant. Through the Son. We'll come back to these yeah. uh, in a later ep. Can I ask quickly? Mm. Very communion. Quick. Do you think it should be an every week thing? I think um, communion is vitally important. For the church, yes. As we gather, we gather around the Lord's table. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we take the Lord's Supper every week mm-hmm. because we see the value of it, the importance mm-hmm. of it. I haven't been sick ever since I started. <laughs> stop, it. stop, stop! You can't even make jokes like that. <laughs> <laughs> you Sorry, I'm joking. Um, but I <laughs> see the value as well in yes. not taking it every week. So it doesn't become that whole for sure. Because it can. this is the challenge we have as a church, right? It's because we do it every week. It's part of just about every service we have is it can just become part of the service. Mm. Oh, it's communion time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's this, the battle we have 
is trying to keep it a joyful, um, reverent time of worship yeah. and recognition of what it actually is. Mm. And so I don't remember what your exact question was, but I, no, I don't think it has to be every week. Yeah, that's there is no command for it to be every week. Yeah. We see it as so valuable that we want to do it every week. Yeah. It should but be there's often. challenges that come with that. Yeah. 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 Um, and just, just in case you're listening and you're like, what is communion? Communion <laughs> is uh, uh, drinking of uh, wine or grape juice. Yep, fruit of the vine. Fruit of the vine or, and um, bread. And it's in remembrance of mm. the Lord's Supper, yep. which is in remembrance of Christ's um, body that was broken for us yep. in the bread and the blood that was shed for us that atones us. Good. All right. Done. Number four is prayer. Prayer. Praying, communing with God, speaking with our... Heavenly Father. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Prayer. Because of baptism, as in because we've been saved and what baptism points to, because yep. of our common union that we have in communion. Yep. Um, that was good. Prayer <laughs> uh, is the natural progression of that. Of totally. We now can go to that king and talk to yeah. that king. We have the blessed privilege, the yeah. grace to, to speak mm. and to commune with God. Yeah. So linked with that, uh, number five would be worship. Yes that we are able to physically gather and worship. Mm. Would you limit this to just singing? No. Why not, Luke? Uh, well, I would say that uh, Romans 12 would say different, that living a life of sacrifice to God is your spiritual act of worship. Mm. And so living a life that glorifies the Lord, f- focuses on Him, enjoys Him, that is worship. Yeah. But, but. the... Um, uh, the means of grace that we do have mm. is that we can sing and worship together as the church as well. Absolutely, yeah. And that's really important. That yeah. worship is that, not mm. other things. Yeah, totally. And it's it's us worshipping together. That's what I think is really yeah. maybe for this discussion yeah. important is that we get to worship together. And as we sing, and I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we can hear each other singing mm. And um, affirm with one another. We mm. can, hearts that are low and and suffering, they can sing of the promises of God, mm. of the greatness of our God, and and and, and celebrate Him. Yeah. Um, what a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, sixth. Sixth. Church discipline. Church discipline. You'll be. This is. I think this will catch some people off guard. Hopefully. Yeah. But church discipline is a means of grace because it works for the purity of the church. Mm. And, and therefore, the purity of individuals, right? Because yeah. we often take church discipline as an individual thing. Yep. Someone has sinned and therefore they're coming under church discipline. Sinned and, and are unrepentant initially. Sorry, yes. Because um, like, just in case people are going, <laughs> every time I do something wrong, should I be watching out? <laughs> you know, like because the eldership could come yeah, in and mess the sucker up. Storm through the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We saw... <laughs> We see everything. The Lord yeah. told me. Yeah, okay. he does. Enough the Lord tells joking. me every, uh, everything every you do. sin of every person in our church. Yeah. Yeah, I've written a book. That's a scary thought. <laughs> I don't want to know. Okay, enough yes. joking. Um, but yeah, it's a means by which Sorry. we support one another. Yep. And the church um, it, it, it is held to purity mm-hmm. as we display the glory of Christ. Yep. Right? Because the yep. church is the... 
it is to display and to point to and and shed light on the goodness and the purity of Jesus. Yeah, it, it's our honor and joy to be able to do so. So that's why to do church discipline is an honor and a joy to do so. Totally, yeah. Sometimes painful, sometimes a bit messy, mm. but it is actually a blessing to the church. It is actually a means of grace. Yeah, totally. And, and uh, I've said this previously, but there are very few things that Jesus taught on specifically in terms of how we do church. Yep. And one of them is church discipline mm. in Matthew 18. Nice. And so uh, go read that for yourself. But, yeah. but, uh, and and uh, we think it's important that the church talks about this as well. Yeah. Like last week we talked about our gospel partnership document, and which is our church membership document. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're still a little bit away from getting that out as our church. And if you're not a part of our church, then I'm sure your church potentially has something similar. But in that, we, we outline how we biblically and beautifully um, – deal with conflict, deal with unrepentant sin yep. um, within the church. And that, that all comes under the banner of church discipline. Yeah. Happy chappy? Happy chappy. Anything else to add? Nope, that's good. Maybe let's take a quick break and we'll blast through the last, uh, the last three. We'll be back in a second. Today's podcast is brought to you by People Watchers. The earth is filled with many wonderful things to watch, birds to spot, trains to follow, and aircraft to track. But as we all know, but are ashamed to admit, the most interesting thing to watch is people, because people are the weirdest. This is why People Watchers is now offering for just $8.99 drive away the ideal People Watchers pack that will be mailed directly to you. It includes a pair of dark shades so you don't feel ashamed thinking that people have noticed you watching them, and a people watching checklist book that is disguised as a newspaper. The checklist book contains people for you to spot, such as grandma with an orange bedazzled handbag, a man with too many buttons undone on his shirt for this sort of weather, and the rare ones like a council worker working and a teenager being respectful. People watchers, order yours today. All right, so these last three, uh, giving. Giving. So we've been given this incredible gift of grace by the Lord, Mm. and... Uh, because we have been given this love, we then can are able to give to others, right? Certainly, yeah. And so a means of grace is the ability to be able to give out of joy, not out of obligation. For sure, yeah. Now, this isn't just um, <laughs> like a, a ploy by the church. You're like, you get the great gift of giving us all your money. <laughs> you know, like, but it's actually we can be Christians who are generous with one another. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and find joy in giving. Yeah, that's right. It is a gift. Like, um, I have the great joy of being able to witness this, being mm. in my role of people mm. giving to other people and, you know, like yeah, I'll get content. And caring and, and, yeah, mm. and it is such a great joy being able to say, you know, I don't know, give things to people. It's just, it's a joyous thing. Just do it. To be overly generous. Mm. Um, when Second Corinthians talks about, um, you know, the verse God loves a joyful giver, mm. that, that literally means like God loves one who is made joyful by giving. Hmm. It's not like um, giving and I'm going to put a fake smile on and yeah, this is making me so happy. <laughs> yeah. I, really, I really want yeah. you to have this money I was going to yeah. spend on books. But, <laughs> but no, no, it's, it's that giving makes the Christian joyful yeah. because of how richly we have received mm. and how joyfully God has given to us. Yeah. And so we have the privilege of 
being blessed, and that's not the reason we give, mm-hmm. but uh, there is a being a uh, 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 means by which we are made joyful and means by which we are blessed in our giving. And you know what? Giving is such a good heart tester, isn't it? Mm. Like if you're not a joyful giver, I think you should check what you believe. Mm. I think it's, it, it, that is a great gift from God to go, hey, if you're struggling to give this stuff away, what's, what's ultimate in your life? Totally. Money's important. Don't get me wrong. Like you've got to provide for your family. There's plenty of scripture on like stewarding and looking after your family. Mm. But uh, if money's the ultimate because yeah. it brings you the most sorrow to give away, it's just a good heart check. Totally. Yeah. What are you holding on to the most? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a theory on this. Theory me away. So by us buying books, <laughs> yeah. just go with me, all right? Yeah. I'll always go with you <laughs> if the sentence starts with that. Yeah. Yeah increases the amount that we're able to serve the church. Mm. Therefore, if I give my money away to reformers mm. and receive a book at the end of it, it's actually a very good thing of generosity. Also, reformers is a Christian organization. So you're essentially giving to <laughs> charity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so speaking of having your heart in the wrong place, I mean right place. <laughs> right place. Right place, right place. <laughs> We're blessing twofold, the local church yep. and the extended church. Yeah. Number eight. Do we need to address how we uh, talk about giving? No. Okay, great. So <laughs> number eight, the spiritual gifts. Yes, spiritual gifts. Yeah, God... Uh, by the gift of the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit is the gift mm-hmm. that uh, God has blessed all those whom, whom uh, he has saved with. For you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance, says First Ephesians chapter 1. But then also, um, it is the Holy Spirit who apportions the church with spiritual gifts unique that... Uh, you yep. know, that we all have different gifts so mm-hmm. that we for the common good that the church might be built up. Yeah. Yep. Huge. Huge in that. So many different uh, ways you could go with talking about spiritual gifts. Yeah, and we, we will talk about spiritual we've gifts. We've got two podcasts on it coming up. Yeah. So uh, look forward to those. Yeah, but just small touch on it. The idea is... is <laughs> just a small touch, people. Yeah, just a single <laughs> like... Not a big touch. No, just... <laughs> That sounds so dodged. Just a small touch point. Sure, sure, sure. On the elbow. Yep. Is. (laughs) An appropriate small elbow touch. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that's the only place in the human body that you can't get done for um, assault? Like if you take someone by the elbow, Mm. that's the only place. The only place. The only place in the human body. Everything else can be. Fun facts for your your Wednesday. Very happy for you. Don't these podcasts come out of Thursday? I don't know. Okay. Uh, spiritual gifts is to grow the grace of us being able to be reliant. It's a, it's a gift of grace for us. That was a bad sentence. A gift of grace for us to be not be reliant on ourselves, yes. but to be reliant on the spiritual gifts of those around us. Totally. Which then points us to our next, our next uh, our means of grace, which is fellowship. Yeah, which is really simple, right? Yes. The beauty of fellowshipping with common uh, with commoners, believers, yeah, commoners that are <laughs> believers in Christ. Um, that this is the the gift of having community. Yeah, the gift of enjoying good company that is united around faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you could you could throw all different things in there. You could throw pretty much the whole podcast we did last week in there mm. um, around church membership and what it is to support one another, care yeah. for one another, build one another up, and. And uh, challenge one another. Mm. This is a 
like I just can't get past how important church fellowship is. Mm. Um, again, in First Peter, when he is instructing these this community to love one another, mm. his uh, response to them or his encouragement to them, yep, is that they would love one another with sincere hearts, right? Yeah. And and what he's he's saying to them, right, is that they have been saved, they've been redeemed, they've been loved, but they still have a need. Yeah. Like if you think about it, we we now have God, and we have this great relationship we have with God, but mm. yet God understands that we as humans need Christian fellowship desperately. Totally. Yeah. And it's so not an optional. It's not an optional thing. Mm. It is not an optional thing. Yeah. We we need each other. Yeah. Deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. No matter how independent you think you might be. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We need each other. <laughs> All right, last one. Is it? Yep. Evangelism. Yep. Us displaying the glory of Christ through everything that we do. Yes. But then also going out and making disciples of all nations, proclaiming the good news about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection so that people might come and partake and share in the joy that we have received. And this is a means of grace because it is a means by which we live out uh, in obedience all that Christ has commanded us to do. Yep. And in that we get to join in and partake in what he is doing on the earth. Yeah. As he builds his church, as he redeems his people, and as he saves the lost. Mm. Anything to add on that? I would just say that even by the declaration of this good news, Mm. God's name is glorified. Totally. So it is in when he calls us to evangelize, mm. it is not that when people are saved, he's glorified. That is true. Absolutely. But it's by the whole process of mm. you declaring what Jesus has done. It, yeah. It glorifies God because it is his grand plan from the heart of who he is being declared to uh, to people all around you. Amen. Irrespective of the outcome That's or how right. someone responds. Yeah. So good. So good. That's brilliant. Hey, it's been fun. We're going to wrap it up right there. Hey, if you're listening to this, we would just finally encourage you that some of these things may seem very ordinary ordinary to you. Mm. Giving, um, just preaching in general, prayer, worship, just something you do on a Sunday. But can I? can we remind you that these are means of God's grace for you. Yep. They are ways in which God blesses and encourages you and lifts you up. They are by nature supernatural. And so would you thank God for them first and foremost? Yeah. And would you not let yourself be tempted into thinking that um, they are so ordinary that you can just misplace them and put them to the side as um, unnecessary? Mm. But respect them for what they are. And thank God that he is working through them to bless you and, uh, and pour out his grace upon you as the church.